Uniquely. 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 Erica. Tim. Welcome to Thank you. Uniquely Issaquah. Thanks. You are back for the new iteration. You were one of our originals for the first time when we did it a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, great to have you back. And we're here to talk about Stella. Yeah, Stella. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things to do is just hang out and chat about Issaquah's history. That's so, great. Yeah. So um, tell us about Stella. Now, I've heard rumors about Stella. Mm-hmm. So Stella, the first female mayor yes. of the city of Issaquah. Yeah. First and foremost, I heard she killed a guy. She did not kill a guy. She didn't kill a guy? She didn't kill a guy. I'm sorry. But she did threaten to throw a chair at somebody. Okay. And that's the thing that most people remember about Stella. That's one of the first things you hear when you start talking about Stella Alexander. Is like, oh, yeah, she was the one that threw chairs. So, But there was a lot more to Stella. Uh, She was a very complex, uh, fascinating individual. And she lived a full, rich, fascinating life. And uh, I'm excited to share some of that with you. um, Because there was a lot more than chair throwing to Stella. Okay. So. So. So when was she elected mayor of Issaquah? So she was elected mayor of Issaquah in 1932. So she was the first woman elected here in Issaquah as the mayor. Mm -hmm. So there was some precedent for women being elected mayors. Um, The city of Edmonds had a woman mayor in the late 1920s. Um, Seattle uh, elected a woman mayor named Bertha Knight Landis. And I really like to contrast her a little bit with Stella Mae Alexander because they had a lot of similarities. They were both women of roughly the same age. They were both sort of the same build. They looked similar in their pictures, similar hairstyles, similar dress choices. But uh, Bertha Knight Landis made a big point of running and saying, you know, I'm not trying to do a man's job. I feel like I'm just taking my skills of keeping a house and using it to keep a city. So this is really just moving up from a household to a city. It's just municipal housekeeping was the phrase that she used. So she was really not um, there to make any waves or really get in anybody's face. Um, she was going to be, you know, kind of the kindler, gentler mm-hmm. version of the mayor. So she only served one term, okay. uh, which tells us something about how ready people were for women mayors mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so she w- contrasted greatly with Stella Alexander because Stella was not afraid to raise her voice and say what she thought. And um, in her uh, her point of view, she was elected the mayor and she was going to do the mayor's job the way she saw it. And a lot of people did not agree with that. And I think that if she had been a man and had done and said the same things, everybody would have admired her as being, you know, just a very get things done business like kind of guy. Right. Uh, but because she was a woman, she there were there were different ideas that people had about the way she should behave. And she was not. um she was not there to, to play up to their expectations at all. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that the, um, the citizens of Issaquah would elect a female mayor and then expect her to act more ladylike, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, it was funny because um, she got elected. She originally was elected to the town council, and so she was the first woman to serve on the town council. And after a few years passed, she decided to run for mayor. Her first um, bid as mayor, she did not win. She lost to Leroy Hepler, which uh, he ran the local um, automotive dealership. Um, and so then after his term, she ran again, and this time she happened to win. And one of the things that she ran on was fiscal 
conservatism. Mm. So she had been living in Issaquah for more than a decade with her husband, who was a blacksmith. He was a very mild-mannered person. Um, the word meek is used to describe him yeah. sometimes. Um, and she um, collected his business accounts. So she went around town making people pay their bills to him. And so people knew that she was responsible with money and that she was good at bringing money in if it was owed to her. And so that seemed like the kind of fiscally responsible person you wanted to, at the helm during mm-hmm. the Great Depression. And so that's what she kind of ran on is saying, you know, I'm going to be responsible with the money and oh, that's okay. what we need. So, uh, and that's how she won. Okay. So it's yeah. interesting because I was actually going to follow up because I was like, well, how did, how was she so well known? So obviously she went door to door. Everybody mm-hmm. used blacksmiths mm-hmm. back then. Yep. So, and it was um, a very small town. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also known for offering um, veterinary advice. Uh, a couple people have mentioned over the years that she helped them out with sick hunting dogs. <laughs> so, um, uh, and she was fairly well known for a couple different organizations that she was active in. Um, within the the town, so um, but Issaquah was less than a thousand people, so everybody pretty much knew everybody else, right. and she was in a particularly prominent position mm-hmm. um, collecting accounts. So mm-hmm. yeah, she she was in the public eye to some extent. So she gets elected, and she's very strong, mm-hmm. very willful. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gonna she's gonna do what she's gonna do. Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about her her term. Sure, yeah. And, So she was um, uh, sworn into office at a regular meeting on June 6, 1932, and it was only a few months uh, before things started going downhill a little bit for her. So one of her... um, uh, I think the bane of her existence would have been Remo Castagno. He was the head of the fire department. He also later became mayor. And he said um, shortly after she was put in office, no woman is going to run this city. Oh, wow. And uh, and that was picked up by the newspaper. And in September 1932, so this is about three months into her, her, her tenure, um, at the monthly council meeting, there was a dispute um, between her and the fire department. So the fire department, these were all volunteers, and they felt strongly about what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were determined that they were going to fight fires wherever the fires occurred. Well, Stella had spoken with the town's insurance agent who said, you look, if there's a fire in town and something burns down while the fire department is outside city limits putting out a fire, the insurance company is not going to pay. Oh, wow. So Stella went to the volunteer fire department, said, look, guys, you can't fight fires outside the city limits anymore. And they basically said, well, we're going to do what we're going to do, and we're going to fight the fires wherever they are because we're the fire department and we fight fires. We're heroes. We're heroes, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so the full, full fire department quit. Oh wow! Um, and in said, protest? "Okay, you're yeah, you're in charge now. Here's your fire cart. You go. You oh, go." Wow. So, um, so a few months in, she loses the fire department. Mm-hmm. Loses the fire department. Okay. So then, um, a few months, about six months after that, um, the town held its regular election of uh, new council members. So when it came time to swear in these new council members, three months later, three of the newly elected council members refused to take their seats because they objected to working with a woman. Oh, interesting. So they were running for city council. They knew Mm -hmm. if they were going to get elected, they were going to have to work with Stella. Mm -hmm. They ran, they won, and then they refused to serve with her. Mm -hmm. Well, she got frustrated, which you can't really blame her. And she said, fine, I'm going to appoint some new council members, and they're going to serve on the council. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was the the meeting at which Remo Castagno stood up and said, no woman is going to run this city. Um, And so she... 
she basically appointed two new members and told them to take their seats. Um, and one of the elected councilmen protested and said, you know, I don't think this is, we can't do this. And she instructed the town marshal to eject this other councilman. And the town marshal, who is a fellow named Paul Henry, said, well, I can't do that. He hasn't done anything illegal. And she said, well, then give me your badge. And so oh he was goodness. fired. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So, see, uh, a different person would have dealt with these things a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. she just she lost patience and felt like, you know, these people said they were signing up to do a job. And now they're telling me they're not going to do it. So I'm just going to move them out of the way and find somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. So she hired a new town marshal almost on the spot. His name was Jack Legg. And almost immediately, the city council responded by um, reducing the pay of the town marshal from $90 a month down to $30 a month. <laughs> so Jack Legg went on to spend most of his tenure as marshal fighting with the council um, uh, in court to get his pay reinstated because the only reason they dropped the pay is because Stella had picked him out to be the town marshal. So that was a, another um, another basically civic mess that occurred mm-hmm. uh, while she was in office just because of the the fact that nobody wanted to deal with a woman nobody mm-hmm. wanted to work with a woman right um so she called a special session in july so this is about a month later and we have two different sets of council members show up we have the elected set and we have the appointed set um and the reorganized council tried to ignore the elected council but you have two different councils, and they're both interacting. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, um, Stella Alexander uh, supposedly uh, seized a chair and attempted to render one of the council members or to combat. Um, so she's quoted as saying, well, he left when I picked up a chair. So, And this is the story that has lived on about Stella right. is, is the one that everybody remembers is that she brandished a chair. And she was – now, I'm not going to support chair brandishing. Or chair throwing. Yes. That's probably a step too far. But you can kind of see how frustrated she must have been Mm -hmm. in feeling like, you know, I've been elected to do a job and I just want to do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. When she was elected, how close was it and how controversial was it? At the time. You know, it's strange. It wasn't close or controversial, really, when she won. Mm-hmm. Um, the vote was 195 to 136. So oh, there was a, a comfortable margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And after the results were announced, Alexander said she hoped to tend to the town's affair, quote, in complete harmony with members of the council. Oh, and, of fine. course, as we've already established, that that, that didn't really mm-hmm. – um, that wasn't really the case. Uh, there was not a lot of harmony. And so uh, as things continued to deteriorate, um, uh, people in town, p- people on the council decided that the best thing to do would be to recall her. So there were several recall efforts, and um, Stella and her husband fought those in court. And the first two were turned over, and they weren't able to recall her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third vote um, was uh, was approved, and um, she was, in fact, recalled. So she'd served less than two years of her term. One of the people that she fired was her city clerk, who was Minnie Wilson Schomber. So we have a number of um, journals, diaries, and letters in our collection from Minnie Wilson Schomber. And most of the time in her journal, she was very brief. She just listed what she did that day. But she gave an unusual editorial on the day of Stella May's recall when she wrote, Stella May recalled, and she gave the numbers, um, and then said tickled pink, uh-huh. and for her this was this was definitely a major editorial. <laughs> um, so I, I found that interesting when we came across that mm-hmm. particular diary entry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that was the end of her term, and um, she was recalled on January 2nd, 1934. Um, the challenge was that they needed to get the keys back from her for, for town hall. <laughs> so the next time there was supposed to be a city council meeting, everybody showed up, and they waited and waited and waited because Stella still had the keys. And finally, at the last minute, she sent them over by messenger, and they were able to get into the town hall. But um, on the day after her recall, somebody put a sign on the, the door of the city hall that said Stella doesn't live here anymore. Ouch. Uh, yeah. So she she suffered a few indignities. There was another um, another newspaper uh, item that I noticed from, I believe it was from 1933, uh, and the, the note was posted November 1st, and it basically said, anybody with any knowledge of the destruction of property at the Alexander House on, you know, Halloween, mm-hmm. um, please let me know. Well, a bunch of young boys had tipped over her outhouse. Oh. And I know this because one of those young boys confessed this to me when he was in his late 80s, that he'd been one of the guys that tipped over her outhouse. But she'd been so angry about that, she'd put this notice Mm -hmm. in the paper saying that she was going to give a reward if anybody could tell her who, you know, damaged the property, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. She wasn't going to come right out and say they tipped her outhouse over. But that was what had happened. So some of the people that you've talked to over the years were obviously kids Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and they could kind of remember ish. What was the... What was the tenor of the people that you talked to? What was their fathers or parents or mothers? Right. You know, what would, would they all feel about, you know, cause a lot of people don't get into, into it, but around right. the dinner table, things right. come up. Well, you know, it became kind of a two-dimensional story over time. And so uh, a lot of people um, remember her as the woman who threw the chair, the woman who wanted to get into fights with everybody. Ah. Um, and But other people remembered her as being... Um, I have a quote here because I happen to notice this, um, but that she was that you know she was an, a, an upstanding person who who stayed to her convictions and she did definitely have friends in town, um, but but I'd say that the the majority of the people think of her as a, you know a chair thrower um, and. Uh, a lot of the press coverage of that time really helped. So, and I think the Issaquah Press in general, their their coverage of it was somewhat embarrassed because there was so much attention from the Seattle newspapers oh. and really from, from newspapers all across the United States. They would pick up the story of this feisty mayor in this tiny little town who mm-hmm. was, you know, throwing chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that was that was a lot of what happened. I think the people of Issaquah in general were a little embarrassed that that their town's politics was was getting so much um, so much attention and notoriety, but apparently there were actually people you know fighting literally fist fighting each other in the streets over being on one side of the Stella May Alexander question or the other. Wow! So it was it was fairly contentious. So did they continue? Did the Alexanders continue to live in Issaquah? So they did. They lived in Issaquah for about um, ten fifteen more years, and then they moved to Renton and they operated a hotel there. Um, Jack Alexander passed away in the 50s, um, and Stella's house was taken because they were putting a road through. And so she ended up uh, living in Seattle. Um, she had a heart attack in 1959 that she never really recovered from, and then she passed away in 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, her early life and her later life both were, were fairly sad. Oh. Um, yeah, she, mm-hmm. she ended up um, – she died – 
in a hotel mm. um, and she was blind at the time of her death. So mm. she'd, she'd had some, some hardship during the last years of her life, but um, she had a fairly unhappy early life too. Uh, she was born in uh, Pennsylvania and her parents were splitting up. She was the youngest of six kids. Um, so her father put her, uh, placed her with his sister for a while. She didn't like it there. She ran away from home. And so she ended up in an orphanage. Um, and when she was about 14, she was, quote, indentured to a man named Josiah Summy. We don't really know much about the quality mm. of that relationship, but um, certainly it sounds a little unwholesome to have an adult man um, adopting or indenturing a 14-year-old girl. Yes. So we don't really know the details of that, but we know that he kind of abandoned her in California around 1899. Mm. Um, about 1900, she was working as a waitress in California. Um, and in 1901, she met a man named Frederick Burthart. Um, got married, was very happy for a short while um, until she found that he actually already had a wife. <laughs> um, and so that was the end of that marriage. Um, and then there's a period of about 15 years where we don't really know where she was or what she was doing. And then she shows up again in um, Canada, and that's when she marries Jack Alexander, and they move to Issaquah together. Um, and as I mentioned, he was a very quiet, meek um, Mm-hmm. Uh, blacksmith in town. That's just an amazing journey for someone at that time and at that age yeah. to start in Pennsylvania, make their way to the West Coast, up to Canada, and back down into mm-hmm. Issaquah. Mm-hmm. You just don't you don't think of um, that kind of travel of right. someone at that time and that time in the countries. Yeah, you know? that that sometimes I think about that whole generation of folks mm-hmm. and the changes that they saw. So she died in 1960, so she was a little younger than than mm-hmm. a lot of the people in that same generation, but right. people in her generation grew up, you know, using a horse and buggy, yeah. and many of them lived to see us landing on the moon, mm-hmm. which is a, a, an incredibly huge technological leap to experience as a human, I think. Yeah. It is, it's amazing, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, people that are 100 years old mm-hmm. and that's, that's, has, it's not an amazing thing anymore. So that everything, like you said, everything that they've seen. Right. It's, it's just, it's just crazy. So, um, so you kind of laid out Stella mm-hmm. and, and, uh, we got a picture of her up mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. everybody. That's her right there. Yeah. Uh, for people just listening to the audio podcast, you could probably track down some of these pictures mm-hmm. on the Issaquah History Museum yeah, website. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the information that I'm pulling from is was compiled in a great article on History Link. Oh, okay. So if you go to HistoryLink.org and search for Stella Alexander, you can find all this information and a lot of great pictures from our collection that History Link has used in their article. Yeah. So... So she's one of the big characters. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've been here for a while too, but I always know of Stella mm-hmm, and her story mm-hmm. as a friend. And it always it was amazing. I always thought it was very impressive that that the city of Issaquah, the town of Issaquah, elected a, a woman mayor right. in the 30s. Right, yeah. But then when you tell me the story, it's sad because it's almost like they weren't, they did they it, but they weren't ready. ready. They weren't ready. No. You know, I wonder, I just wonder if she was just really good in a room. Mm-hmm. When you talk mm-hmm. to her, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? She'd make a good mayor. Right. Until they were mayor. And then they were like, oh, no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't, you know, you, you, you just you just wonder how that all transpired. Right. Back then. Well, I mean, she must have been well-liked and well-respected mm-hmm. in town, yeah. or she wouldn't have made it onto the council mm-hmm. or, you know, been elected mayor. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was a, a fascinating journey that she went on. That's right. That's right. So um, I understand that you are soon going to be doing a presentation at the library. I am on March 9th 
uh, starting at uh, 6.30. Um, it's a presentation called Cast- Issaquah's Cast of Characters, Distinctive Women. So this is a focus on some of the fascinating women that have lived um, in Issaquah over the years. And Stella is one of the stories that I tell. Uh, Minnie wilson Schomber, who I mentioned briefly, um, is another one of the stories that I tell. So um, that's mm-hmm. a free program at the Issaquah Library, and I encourage people to come check it out. Oh, how many people – how many uh- – people do you focus on uh i think about somewhere between eight and ten oh, okay so yeah. yeah so um tell me about some of the uh you know other programs that you guys do i know you do like the the walks mm-hmm. and stuff tell me about those things so sure. if people are interested they can reach out to you yeah. And, yeah so we've got a lot of ways for people to discover more about issaquah's history and um, we've got some really great active ways like our mine hike program um, which will be getting started hopefully in april we don't have our dates up yet but we'll be getting that up soon um so we also do a series of pub crawls in collaboration with the downtown issaquah association the next one of those is coming up in may those are always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We do a walk around um, three to four different bars in downtown, a little bit to drink, a little bit to eat, a little bit of Issaquah's hidden history. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where we we kind of front load all the history that we can't Mm -hmm. share with kids. So this is the, you know, your your drunken fisticuffs Mm -hmm. and your murder suicides Mm -hmm. and your explosions and all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, and then we do a bunch of programming for kids. Mm-hmm. So um, Heritage Day comes up on uh, – we do that on 4th of July on mm-hmm. Independence Day. Um, and we have a series of hands-on history events where kids can come to either the depot or to Blakely Hall in the Highlands and get their hands on some sort of historic activity that helps connect them with Issaquah's past. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're more of a um, – a uh, sofa surfing kind of person and you, well, not a sofa surfing person. Mm-hmm. If you like to surf the web from your sofa rather than get out and go on walks. And um, we've also got a huge amount of Issaquah's past to discover. And um, last year we completed the digitization of the Issaquah press. Oh, nice. And so now that is all fully available and searchable via our website. Um, and that has been a lot of fun for, uh, for me personally and for the staff to kind of go through. Um, it's, it's a lot easier to find these little tidbits of Issaquah's history that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's some great images in, in the press as well from over the years. Oh, yeah. I'd love to dig in there and, yeah. and use some of that stuff with some of the work that I do. For yeah, it's a well. lot of fun. So you were talking about doing the pub crawl. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just going to spring a question on you. I know you're, pro- you're not prepared. But what was? do you know what Prohibition was like? Yeah. In Issaquah? Yeah. So yeah. Prohibition started – so I've, I've had longtime residents say that they don't think Prohibition ever really took in Issaquah. Okay. And that's kind of <laughs> the impression that I've gotten over the years from reading the newspapers. Mm-hmm. So the inter- interesting thing about Prohibition in Washington State is that it started about four years earlier than Prohibition started in the rest of the nation. Oh. And part of that is because we had women's vote 10 years earlier than the rest of the nation. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, we did. So the women got really organized in Mm -hmm. Washington State. They really wanted the vote, Mm -hmm. and they secured it in 1910. And a lot of the reason why they were driving so hard to secure the vote is that they also wanted to pass temperance laws. Ah. The Women's Christian Temperance Union was this major political organizing force. Mm -hmm. And so once they organized and got the vote, the next thing on their docket was prohibition. And so on January 1st in 1916, uh, everybody stopped serving alcohol. Um, And so uh, a couple of the bars in Issaquah became pool halls. A couple of those pool halls were frequently raided by the dry squad because they just happened to also continue to be serving alcohol. Um, at one point, the um, 
the town marshal's wife got a fine for brewing dandelion wine. Uh, the judge in town got in trouble for, <laughs> for buying his own alcohol. So, um, yeah, prohibition was not terribly successful here in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kind of figured, well, the government's going to do what it's going to do, but I'm just going to have my still and I'm going to keep brewing my own, my own booze because, you know. That's funny. That's that's my that's my lifestyle. So, uh, are any of those bars still around? That were in uh, any form? No, no, none okay. of the pre um, none of the pre prohibition bars are still around. But the oldest operating bar in Issaquah is the Roland Log. Right, and uh, that opened in nineteen thirty four five, I believe. And then the H and H is right after it in nineteen thirty eight. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. So we do have those those mm-hmm. remnants of. Uh, of old drinking establishments in Issaquah. That's nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, I just, you know, I'm always curious about that. Mm-hmm. All hell prohibition and mm-hmm. all that stuff happened uh, in the city. Um, so, so you've got the, the mine walk. So when, when you go on the mine walk, what, what does that entail? So uh, there were a, a variety of different areas around Issaquah where coal mining was done. Um, a Squawk Mountain, Grand Ridge over by the Issaquah Highlands um, and Tiger Mountain are the three ones that we run uh, walks to. And so generally you meet at the depot and do a quick kind of coal mining in Washington State 101. Um, and then you go to the site where the coal mines were. We use publicly maintained, maintained walking trails. Um, and using pictures and stories, the guides will share what you know what the coal mine operations were like when they were there and we'll point out um artifacts um formations geological formations just signs that the coal mining was there oh, okay. so that you can kind of cuz there are i mean there are a lot of um areas where you can see coal seams or see water that has run through coal coming mm-hmm. out um so once you know what to look for um Somebody can point those things out mm-hmm. to you, and you can kind of get a better sense of what Issaquah looked and felt like mm-hmm. when it was a coal mining town. I love those interactive things that you mm-hmm. do—the walks and the the pub crawls—and that's that's just that's just a really great program. That, yeah, well, yeah. It, you know, it it kind of comes from the fact that we don't have a lot of changing exhibit space right now, mm-hmm. and we're looking to remedy that in the future. But um, but because we don't have changing exhibit space, we need to find other ways to engage people with Issaquah's past and get them excited about the history, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully. Within the next two to five years, we'll actually have some rotating exhibit spaces so that we can start telling um, more stories on a more regular basis and and partnering with other groups in the community to tell their stories as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Besides Stella, who who would be another just like amazing woman or that in the is is history? Mm-hmm. Well. So it was a long time before we had another woman mayor, um, before we elected Ava Freisinger. And I would, um, I would love to do a long form oral history with Ava about her years at the city. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. So it went from Stella to Ava. Uh huh. It did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And now Mary Lou is the third, third woman mayor. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Ava is the longest serving mayor that Issaquah has had. Mm-hmm. She beat out Bill Flintoft by, I think, a year or two. Oh, wow. So he's the second longest running yeah, mayor. Yeah, because she was 16. Yeah. Yeah, 16 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's, it's a, kind of a sad story about Stella. It is. Because, yeah. you know, she was this strong character that I thought of. When I heard about her, I was like, I was so proud to work for a city that, 
that had a first woman mayor mm-hmm, back in mm-hmm, the thirties. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow, look how progressive. Right. And then when I found out what kind of loosely what happened to her, but right. then I then I heard rumors. I heard, oh, she killed a guy. And she was rife with corruption. And then you tell me the story. It was just not. Nah, was, everything was just kind of book, you know, stacked yeah. against her. Yeah, yeah. You know? It is a sad story. Mm-hmm. So, well, Stella. I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you know, we tell her story a lot and I think about her a lot and I have to admit that several pets have been named in her honor. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I like to think that we're doing her proud by keeping her memory alive and by sharing some of the fact-based um, stories that go along with the, the chair throwing because that's, that's right. the thing that everybody seems to remember. And she was a lot more than a chair brandisher. It's true because so. it went from chair brandishing to I heard she killed a guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty strongly thrown chair that's for that true. to have been a murder. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Erica, thank you for coming on Uniquely Issaquah. Well, and, thank you. And telling us about Stella. Um, I think she's an important, obviously an important icon in the history of this community. Mm-hmm. And um, feel free to come back anytime you want. If you got a, something new, I'll think of another topic and uh, we can dig dig a little deeper. That sounds great. I'd love to do that. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining us and stay unique.